when I see a leader that is serving their company or their organization so well, it's a leader with integrity. That's a word that can be thrown around so easily, but boy, when you really experience genuine integrity, you know it. Hi, I'm Nell Spinya, and you're listening to the B2B Leadership Podcast, a show dedicated to demystifying leadership development one conversation at a time. Each week, I sit down with leaders in the B2B space to discuss their journey and what they've learned along the way. This podcast is brought to you by the B2B Leaders Academy. The cost of not consistently developing your leadership skills is enormous, and the B2B Leaders Academy features monthly leadership training and live coaching. Being a great leader isn't hard. You just need a guide and the right set of tools. So head on over to b2bleadersacademy.com to join and become the leader you have always wanted to be. Hello and welcome to another episode of the B2B Leadership Podcast. My name is Nils Vinya and today my guest is Erica Quadrado. Erica, welcome to the show. Hi Nils, thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. Eric, I'm looking forward to digging into all things leadership with you. But first, would love for you to share with me and the audience a little bit about the role that you're in today and the company that you're working for. Absolutely. So my name is Erica Quadrado, and I am the Vice President and Director of Marketing for Gregory and Appel Insurance. And we are a risk management advisor that focuses on helping organizations and people grow through tailored risk management strategies. So whether that is your business insurance program, your employee benefits needs, or your personal insurance need for either yourself or for your employees, that's really where we thrive. And we have a lot of brilliant minds in our organization that help make that a great experience for our clients. Oh, that's absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing the context. Now, let's rewind the clock a little bit and go back in time. And I would love to hear about how you got into your first leadership position. Well, this is my first leadership position in the sense of the traditional role, I guess, if you would say of a leader. But I definitely think that in my previous experiences that I've had the opportunity to demonstrate leadership in one one shape or another. But here at Gregory and Appel is where I've really been able to grow as a leader. And I credit a lot of that to the the existing leadership that we have that has been phenomenal in helping nurture that in me and grow that in me as a professional. Awesome. There is oftentimes the difference that we look at between leadership and technical, like people leadership positions. So maybe you could share with us a little bit of some of the things outside of this particular role that were leadership experiences that enabled you to prepare for this kind of actual technical people leadership role. Right. So my first 10 years of my professional experience, I worked in sales and marketing. In that role, I had to manage a large book of business and all of the different positions that I had. So really being able to leverage leadership skills to help guide the clients that I had at that point in time and help guide them in their marketing strategies and what they wanted to do with their goals, that really did require a lot of leadership to help give them the guidance they needed, especially when I was working with businesses that were new to marketing and advertising and we wanted to make sure that their investment was well spent and it gave them the ROI that they needed that really needed a sense of leadership to them because they were looking to me as their consultant, their guide to help them navigate the goals that they were trying to accomplish. All right. So 
that rings true, you know, for me as well, having a lot of experience in the customer success space, we were doing similar things and being consultative to clients, right? Being responsible for educating on them. So when you're talking about guiding clients, can you share a little bit more details around the things that, you know, maybe some of the tools or, or what you would consider leadership tools that you used in order to position yourself as that expert and that advisor and really be in a driving position with your clients to help them get the ultimate ROI that they wanted? I would say that when I was working in sales and marketing, that was kind of the early onset of digital marketing. And that was kind of the new shiny toy, right? That everyone was kind of learning and we were all really digging into what is digital marketing? What is digital advertising? And it was really a really confusing piece for many business owners where they knew it was something they had to do. They just didn't know how to do that. So research and information was really important for them so that they knew that they were stepping their best foot forward. So I really took the onus on myself to make sure that I always provided the most information that I could for them and very specifically for their type of business. So whether it was a retail or whether it was a professional services firm, they all needed to take things in a different approach as any marketer would know, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that because you own a business or you run a business, that doesn't necessarily mean that you inherently know the process for that. So that's where I needed to make sure that I always provided them with the resources and information and then also getting them comfortable with the idea of experimenting. There's always this facet of experimentation and marketing, and it can be scary when you're being asked to spend a lot of money, right, on something that may or may not give you the, the return that you expected. So being able to guide them and help them develop the best strategy alongside with them instead of them feeling alone, they were doing this alone, that really made a big difference for them. And when I provided them the tools often was my knowledge. And sometimes the tools was digging within their own organizations to see what existing resources they already had. And sometimes they had their own information and data that they didn't quite yet know how to use. So finding those resources and tools for them was really, really critical for them to get them on the best foot forward to have successful marketing campaigns moving forward. Isn't it fascinating that sometimes you can have significantly more impact on an organization as an outsider than you can as an insider? <laughs> right. Absolutely. Because sometimes when you're in an organization, right, it's what you live and breathe every day that you're working, right? And I find myself even now within my organization, I, I always made it clear, I never want to become the insurance expert. I always need to remain the marketing expert, not the insurance expert. So I rely really heavily on the professionals we have in our current organization, that they're the thought leaders, they're the holders of knowledge of the business, right? And what I can do as a marketing professional is help pull that out of them. But I've always been really careful and cautious to not dive too far into the weeds of insurance knowledge, because that to me, it feels it would pull me too far into the business to lose my outsider lens. It's a really interesting point, and I think something that a lot of leaders face, regardless of level or position or company, is the risk of losing the forest for the trees. And that happens when you do exactly the opposite of what you've been doing, which is you go so deep to, because you want to know everything. You want to have this knowledge and expertise to be able to share. However, that's actually something that might be a detriment to you because then you can't see the holes or the gaps or see things from a different perspective. It's really hard to get outside of that. I'm curious, what advice would you share with leaders like in any, you know, let's call it in the people leadership position for how to 
maintain that distance so that they can always have the objective view, just like you do on the marketing side, but they may be in a position where they can't do that because they're technically working with their teams all the time and they're not in a different department. So what advice would you have about creating that separation so they can make sure to be able to see the forest? I would say probably one of the best things that I have done is to see camaraderie, leadership influence, and knowledge outside of my own organization. Not because there aren't brilliant minds, like I said, in my organization. It's a I think also collaborating and communicating and networking with people outside of your organization absolutely helps. So for me, I've, I joined a marketing peer group, right? So I work with other marketers in other organizations. We might have similar challenges and issues, right? But it's great to bounce off of their ideas. They bounce off of my ideas and we learn from one another. And it kind of really keeps us really focused on our profession, right? Our area for me would be marketing and versus so much the product or the service that our organizations offer. So for me, I think it's seeking help outside of your own organization. I think it's wonderful advice for anybody at any level, even individual contributor level. The outside perspective is always going to be a benefit because it's a blessing that they don't know what you know. Right, right. (laughs) And sometimes you might even find that in the act of explaining your situation, what you need to do or what you're missing actually becomes clear because you find yourself explaining it to somebody who doesn't know, which doesn't happen all that often inside the walls. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Awesome. You talked about experimenting and the the importance of that. Now, in the marketing profession, critical piece of the puzzle, given ad spend and platforms and all the different assets that you're going to use. Let's talk about that from the leadership perspective. And does the same principle apply that you've used in the marketing world? Can we also apply that drive to experiment to the leadership world? Absolutely. And I think a big part of that is learning. Anytime that you learn something new, whether it's leadership or something directly applicable to another area of your role, you do have to experiment. And that could be in the way that you have your one-on-ones, for example, with your team members. That could be in the way that you organize a meeting. That could be in the way that you lead a meeting or in the way that you offer your insight to your peers and your colleagues, whether executive leaders or individual contributors, you do have to experiment. And I think even experimenting in those conversations that you have with your team members is a big part of growing and learning and developing as a leader. Because learning to ask something, for example, asking a question one way versus another, that's a small experiment you can take in the conversations that you have within your network, within your colleagues. And that's how you learn too, by experimenting. So I do think that you absolutely always need to apply that experimentation lens in your own role as a leader. Yeah, love it. That there are countless opportunities that happen every day, right? As you just noted, thinking about every single conversation that you have, every single meeting that you attend, every single, whether it's an internal event or an external event, there are things that you can tweak and can change. And I think we can all learn a lot from the marketing field who, like yourself and your profession, are really, really good at experimentation because it takes a lot of tries to find the right mix, right? The right marketing mix, the right messaging mix, the right delivery mix. And the same principles actually apply to leadership. It's a really interesting parallel. Yeah. And it's interesting that 
when you have those moments of, I don't know, those are often the, the times that that you learn the most. And it leads itself into a natural way of, hey, let's try something new. Let's experiment here. We don't know what the outcome is going to be. We don't know what we really have in front of us here. So let's experiment. So I, I actually welcome those I don't know moments. And I think we all need to get a little bit more comfortable with those. Yeah. And I also think the just the word experiment is incredibly powerful. You know, a lot of times people can feel like they have to have the answer or the solution to whatever problem is in front of them on the day. If instead you simply have an idea to experiment, it's a lot less daunting than saying, well, I have to have the answer. And even when you're communicating with other people inside the org, whether it's within your team, upwards, downwards, whatever, talking about making change and and doing something in the context of let's run an experiment I mean, I've used this a handful of times and had many clients do this too. And it changes the reaction of everybody in there. People start talking, that's a great experiment. Let's run that experiment. All of a sudden they're using the word experiment, even if it wasn't a you know core part of the company culture that we run experiments to do X, Y, Z. A simple tweak like that can have a profound impact. It sure can. It really does. Let's come back to inside your organization today. And you know, from a people leadership perspective, We'd love for you to share some of the qualities and characteristics, and doesn't even have to be tied to your specific org today, but that you have seen along the way that embody, you know, what you consider to be the most important characteristics from a leadership perspective. So if you were going to interview somebody for a leadership position in your company, this would be kind of top of the checklist to make sure these things were present. What are some of those ideas that you have based on your experience? Well, I think based on my experience, What really helps in identifying that is knowing and having maybe experienced some leadership that wasn't as good as it could have been to having experience with leadership that's phenomenal. You know, it really kind of opens your eyes to, oh, wow, I used to think this was a normal quality of a leader. And then you realize normal isn't always good. (laughs) So (laughs) if I'm looking at what I would see in a leader that, that I would want to work with or work for, or when I see a leader that is serving their company or their organization so well, it's a leader with integrity. That's a word that can be thrown around so easily, but boy, when you really experience genuine integrity, you know it. And and that's really important. So I think if your red flags are ever up with an, a leader that you think might not have integrity, I think you need to listen to that. Okay, let me, let me drill in on, on the integrity piece. So how would you define integrity? You said, you know, when you really see it, you know it, but can you give us a little bit of detail on what it means to you? To me, it means that if you are leading with integrity, you are being honest with your intentions in the way that you lead an organization. That doesn't mean you don't make challenging decisions. That doesn't mean that you don't make decisions that might not necessarily be favored for everyone, but you are transparent and you lead with I think with servant leadership in mind and you lead to do things for the good of your people and for your clients. And that's not always the case in certain leadership positions. And I come from a background, you know, my previous experience from the media industry was a very cutthroat industry. It was very easy for integrity to fall by the wayside in those companies. And not again, not to like bash them or anything. Integrity is something that you really should appreciate when you find that in a leader. We'll get back to the interview in just a minute. This episode is brought to you by the B2B Leaders Academy. The cost of not consistently developing your leadership skills is enormous. 
The B2B Leaders Academy features monthly leadership training and live coaching. Being a great leader isn't hard. You just need a guide and the right set of tools. Head on over to b2bleadersacademy.com to join and become the leader you've always wanted to be. Now let's get back to the interview. And from a development perspective, so, you know, what advice would you share with someone that, you know, they're not on the extreme end of not operating with integrity, but perhaps they do, but they haven't thought about it in this kind of a way. Like, how do I show up in that way to be honest with my intentions? Like, how do you actually go about doing that? If you were going to give someone advice who was listening to this, thinking about how to show up in a way that other people could, you know, more readily and easily identify with the level of integrity that I have, what would you say? If you can have open and honest conversations as a leader with your people, whether it's a small team, a large team, or an entire organization that you're leading, I think that is one of the first steps that you can take as a leader to show up with integrity and show up with the best intentions is to have open conversations and to create that environment where people feel comfortable sharing with you, right? It's not a one-way communication streak. It's both ways that if you share something that might be hard news to share, or if it's something that maybe it's not the desired information that people want to learn, right? That they feel comfortable sharing back with you their their thoughts on that and feedback. And I think that's one of the first things that you can do if you're a new leader and you're growing is nurturing that culture within your team, within your organization, and knowing and really expressing that communication is a two-way street and it's welcome here. You know, I think that's how you can lead with integrity. Love it. Yeah, very well said and very specific action that you can put into place. If you're not having those open and honest conversations with your team, with your org, just being upfront about it and making it a two-way street. You know, can't tell you how many times I've seen that be a one-way street and been on the receiving end of that one-way street. It does not feel very good, right? It does not. It's crushing to morale. It's crushing to to individuals. So absolutely, you have to have that two-way communication streak. And that doesn't mean just venting on one another. That's not what that means. But it's really having intentional conversations. Yeah, absolutely. And being curious. What is on the other side of this conversation? What is on the other side of this person's life? What else is going on in their world with these projects and these demands and all their to-dos? Like just being curious about that to open the doorway to get them to feel comfortable to share that with you. Yes. Okay, so we talked about integrity. What else is on your list? Well, somewhat tied to that is also listening. I think great leaders have really great listening skills. And that's hard. That's something that's taken me a long time. I can't say that I've mastered it because- I don't think anybody has. (laughs) Exactly. So that's taken me a long time to really get into a good practice of listening where you're actually listening and, and with intention and not listening to speak, right? To wait for your turn to speak. And that's really hard to do sometimes. And then also when you do listen, taking some time to absorb what people have told you, right? and not believing what you think. So really thinking through, okay, what information has been shared with me? What does it mean? And how do I respond to that, right? And not letting your own biases get in the way. And that's, I think, another thing that really great leaders do. They're able to look beyond, we all have biases, right? They're able to look beyond their biases and listen to someone, process it, and respond in the best manner. Agree 100%. And the hardest thing to ever witness or be the recipient of 
is a conversation where something that you share is then just turned around based on the other person's context or world and told back to you from their perspective. It's like, wait a second, that has nothing to do with what I just told you. <laughs> and this gets to the heart of that listening piece. You cannot have meaningful two-way conversations if you're always listening at that surface level, right? And if you're always bouncing from one idea to the next, not listening with intention, and I agree wholeheartedly. And it is something that I continuously practice too. I became a leadership coach 10 years ago. That was where I truly actually learned and they trained us how to listen. It's fascinating. 10 years later, I'm still practicing that stuff. I, I don't think I'll ever master it or be done, but I can always get better. Right? That's the Absolutely. Key. It's hard to not let our reptilian brains take over, right? They want to. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, and I think that's where it comes from, right? Is the, the fact that there's some whatever deep psychological need to, to say something in the moment. And the reality is it's just not necessary. What's actually more important is letting someone else say something in the moment and just being present with them. 100%. Integrity, listening to amazing pieces. Is there a third? I think a leader that doesn't take themselves too seriously or feel the need to demonstrate perfection. It's okay for a leader. And I guess you could call that vulnerability, right? Being a leader that's willing to say, hey, I don't know it all. I don't have all the answers. I think being vulnerable like that is really important. I think we're seeing a lot of that grow in leaders nowadays because leadership has changed so much, right? From you compare it to, I call it the Wolf of Wall Street days to present day, right? Leaders are being challenged to lead differently. And the best leaders are going to be the ones that I think are open, honest, authentic. And that doesn't mean they're any, that they're any less successful or any less competitive or, you know, that to me, I think is just a sign of, we are asking more of our leaders because we're also, I think, asking more of, hey, how do we treat one another? Who do we want to work for, right? We have a little bit more say-so in that, right? And not only the leader, but the organization as a whole. And which organization actually aligns with my values and beliefs and, you know, culture ideas and things like that. And that vulnerability element is huge. And I agree with you that going from the Wolf of Wall Street days to where we are present day and the pandemic, I think, put a lot of focus on this, which was you now have to develop a whole different skill set that you didn't have to before because we weren't in the same place all the time. You didn't have all those cues and those other things. So you have to actually work harder to maintain the same level of connection when we're in a remote world, which means you got to be a little bit more vulnerable. You got to be willing to get into the ring, as Brene Brown would say, and have the tough conversations with your colleagues and with your with your teams. And I think that's a really great insight. And you did nail it in a single word, too, by the way. <laughs> I'll have to give Brene Brown for uh, bringing that vulnerability word. Fair enough. <laughs> to, and to and I mean, her work alone has raised the, the level of awareness of the importance of vulnerability. I mean, it's not often that one person can have as significant of an impact from a culture and like leadership and growth perspective. I'm thoroughly fascinated by her work and her research and her talks and everything. She's a wonderful individual. And just bring awareness to this thing that, was always there, but nobody ever wanted to talk about. And that, I think, gets at the heart of some of what you're saying with the integrity, the listening, and, and being vulnerable, is it's okay to bring up stuff that's hard. And that's where the real work actually happens. Yes. Good. All right. So integrity, listening, vulnerability, three incredible keys to leadership success. As you heard from Erica, that's awesome. All right, Erica. So thinking back to 
you know, where you were back in the advertising days in the cutthroat industry, knowing that you had career goals and ambitions and things you wanted to get done. If you were to sit down with yourself way, way back then, at the beginning of your professional career in the workforce, and you knew everything that you know now based on all of your experience, what advice would you give to yourself from that point of view? I would say that to be myself, and I'm sure a lot of women, especially women of color, like myself, right, have felt like, man, can we really be ourselves? Especially when you're just trying to make it. I would have said, be yourself. And that I think goes a lot to that you don't have to fit a certain mold to be successful. And I think that's really important, especially nowadays with women. And I really emphasize this even more with women of color, that you do not change yourself for anyone. You are above and beyond what society has ever labeled you or, or thought of you. And just to be yourself because you, you are enough. Incredible advice. So can you share just a little bit more about how you got to that place of confidence of, of knowing that you are enough and being able to give your former self that advice? How did you get to this point? I think a lot of it honestly has to do with growing older. I don't feel old or anything like that, but I think it's just growing older. And I think also surrounding yourself around the right people, right? People that, that, that build you up and same thing with you and other people. How do you build them up? And I think that has a lot to do with it. And just being very candid, I think a lot has changed. Uh, I'm not saying society is perfect by any means, but I think a lot of conversations have happened in the last couple of years that that really needed to happen a long time ago. And I think that has a lot to do with it, growth and ideas and people having open minds and really emphasizing that, I think, in the workplace too, right? Because certain conversations weren't happening in the workplace even two, three years ago, right? And I think now we're in a place where we can have certain conversations, uncomfortable conversations, right? And that has a lot to do, I think, even within my workplace, I'm very thankful that I am in an, an environment where we're open to conversations and having that forum or that place kind of to feel comfortable to share what's really on your mind that has, I think that has a lot to do with it too, where that wasn't necessarily always welcome and, you know, hasn't historically been welcomed in the workplace. Yeah, that's wonderful to hear your experience there. And I know it can help so many other people, females, as well as, you know, minorities. And in this crazy world that we live in, thankfully, there is some progress, not always as much as we would hope. But I think your keys that you noted from a leadership perspective apply equally in the personal world of integrity, listening and vulnerability. Right? There's no reason why those things only have to exist in your professional context. Those are sound like great things to embody in your personal life as well. Would you agree? Absolutely. They can take time to develop and nurture, right? Because we are all wired so differently, right? So it's really important to both in your professional and personal. And I think those lines are blurred a little bit too now, right? Because I feel more comfortable that, hey, I, I bring myself to work. I'm the same person that I am at work than I, than I am at home. And that hasn't always been the case, I would say, for most of us, right? Where this is me at work, this is me at home. And I think now, well, at least this is the case for me. And this is what I will always aspire to maintain in my leadership. And I hope we can see future generations of the workforce to, to do this, that they're always their true self at work. And that can be really hard to do. But yes, absolutely. Those same skill sets apply in all areas of life. And that just like anything else, it's a muscle that you always have to exercise and keep nurturing and building on because 
it's very easy to fall, like I said, back into that reptilian brain, right? And not be your best self at work or at, at home. And you have to be very open and honest about that. Right. And it is amazing how much the reptilian brain wants to constantly go back to that status quo, how it actually takes infinitely more energy and attention to get away from it than it does. If you just stopped learning entirely, you could just operate from that perspective. It wouldn't be hard at all. However, the growth comes from getting out of that. And that's where the real magic is. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Well, Erica, it's been a blast talking leadership with you. Thank you so much for sharing your insights, your expertise, your experiences, and your advice with us in this incredible community. Uh, look forward to hearing about all the incredible things that you are doing as a leader and take care and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the B2B Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd welcome you to subscribe and give the show a five-star review. You can see the show notes and all of the resources mentioned in today's episode at b2bleadershippodcast.com. As always, I'm Nils Vinya, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Take care and have a great rest of your day. This podcast is brought to you by the B2B Leaders Academy. The cost of not consistently developing your leadership skills is enormous. And the B2B Leaders Academy features monthly leadership training and live coaching. Being a great leader isn't hard. You just need a guide and the right set of tools. So head on over to b2bleadersacademy.com to join and become the leader you have always wanted to be.